is in the know for Friday, November 20, the 325th day of 2020. There are 41 days left in the year. Good morning, MP, guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook. Watch on YouTube Live on Periscope. And the hashtag is in the know coming up today. We will update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. It is the last weekend before the big Thanksgiving holiday. Got some new restrictions going into effect this afternoon at 5 o'clock. And that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The No. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. It's Friday. Yay! You're happy about it? Oh, you're, yeah. You're one of the, um, you are someone who likes cranberry, cranberry sauce. You like cranberry as part of your Thanksgiving meal. I do, yes. Uh, I make a cranberry chutney that you seem to oh, like, yeah. that maybe it's so preferred good. to the typical cranberry sauce or the cranberry relish. But there aren't very many of you. The wide majority of people do not care for... Um, they do not care for cranberry. I love cranberry. But yet it's on 94% of Thanksgiving tables. So do you think people chose to like it because it's always available? Like, well, nobody's going to fight me for the cranberry sauce, so I can have some Maybe. of that. But uh, you like the chutney variety is what you're saying. Yeah, that's like my that? preference. I love the way that you make it. If it's got that can shape in there, those canned scallops oh, in there, it just but looks kind of weird. Yeah, I understand you can. He's the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award, two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, Washington, London, Moscow, Paris, and even Millwood. It's Sam Gormley and the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited. We're going to talk about uh, high school football coming up yeah, later right. on in the show today. It's only been a month. It's been a while since we've done that. We're going to be able to do that. I'm also happy to report today I found some exciting news in the way of a survey, and it um, it really verifies, solidifies, confounds, and proves to Dennis Cook that I'm right and he's wrong. And it's uh, a new survey that says after Thanksgiving is still the most common time to decorate for Christmas. In fact, it's the day after Thanksgiving that is the, the, the widest selected day for decorating for Christmas. So doing it in the end of September is just wrong. I could go even further. December 1st is when I say you, it needs to 
Thanksgiving needs to have come and gone. But you need I Thanksgiving even... weekend to go <laughs> yeah, before you. Yes, before right. I even consider. Even, I like that. Even more so, of a hardliner on it. You're digging yes, in. I like December first. All right. I was curious about you and where you stood on that. Oh yeah. Especially you know being a bachelor, I will presume you don't go all out with Christmas so decorations. So the first year I was here, I put out my little. I have a little Christmas tree that's about so big. And last year I did not. No. Yeah. But I don't really have a spot for it. Well, we'll have to find so, a spot. It's 2020. Um, <laughs> you got to have a tree somewhere. It's a blue one, so uh, it's a UK tree. That's good. Uh, three and ten people wait. Uh, three, seven of ten wait until after Thanksgiving to start putting up decorations. The most common times include the day after Thanksgiving. That's 25 percent of those people do that, and after Thanksgiving, uh, but before December is 24 percent. So otherwise, people are doing it in that rough time. Uh, That's what I'm telling you. Artificial trees have elongated that season because it enabled people to start putting their tree up on September the 28th. Or was it the 26th? Do you remember? I don't have the picture anymore. It's something along that way too early. Two days may make a difference. Three months before Christmas. Rain chances increase this weekend. We're going to see breezy with gusts between 20 and 30 miles per hour today. Uh, Rain chances will really ramp up on Sunday with a cold front moving through. This will be uh, bring widespread rain to the region for the end of the weekend. The expectation, by the way, for Thursday, kind of give you the early line on what to expect for Thanksgiving Day. The uh, 20% chance of rain for Thursday right now, kind of too far to, to really solidify that, and 60 will be the approximate high for your turkey day. So, But for today, increasing clouds, 68, mostly cloudy, 52 tonight, scattered showers, and 60 with a rain chance of 30% for tomorrow. The CDC, Center for Disease Control, is begging people to stay home. Thanksgiving is saying, please, with the coronavirus surging out of control, the nation's top public health agency pleaded with Americans yesterday not to travel for Thanksgiving and not to spend the holiday with people from outside their household. It was some of the firmest guidance yet from the government on curtailing traditional gatherings to fight the outbreak. Uh, Dr. Aaron Salber uh, Schatz said the safest way to celebrate Thanksgiving this year is at home with the people in your household. That's according to the CDC. I have a feeling Governor Andy Bashir, given an opportunity, would tell you something similar. In his daily briefing yesterday, he gave you 3,649 new cases. He said uh, we have, we being Kentucky, have experienced a 400% increase in COVID-19 cases over the last nine weeks. In November, the state recorded 41,171. That's the November total. Mm. How long did it take us to get to 41,000? Uh, From the start? Probably July? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, yeah, easily. It, it took us that long. It's just punk, it been compounding. Uh, as of yesterday, 112 of Kentucky's counties are in the red zone, 30 new deaths. Uh, bringing the to- state total to 1,742, positivity rate 9.18. Hospitalizations fell, well, basically were neutral, fell by three, but to 1,550. But people on ventilators rose by 23 people up to 199. And uh, the governor's asking church leaders to make different decisions for the next three or four weeks, and we'll talk uh, more about that in in just a minute. Uh, the new requirements that go into effect this afternoon from um, the governor. Restaurants and bars, 
So most of these rules run through December 13th is what they're advising. No indoor food or beverage consumption at restaurants and bars. Private social gatherings up to eight people from a maximum of two households. I did. It was funny to me. I saw um, uh, the meme being shared yesterday of the Last Supper. Christ was with all the disciples and said, Andy says, some of you all have to leave, (laughs) you know, to get back down to your, get down to your eight people, uh, gyms, fitness centers, pools, and other indoor recreation facilities, venues, event spaces, and theaters, professional services limited to 33% capacity schools, middle and high schools will remain in remote or virtual instruction until at least January 4th. Elementary schools may be reopened for in-person instruction December 7th if their county is not in a red zone. I will tell you it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of terrain to travel between now and December 7th to get out of the red zone because we've not even we've not seen a flattening yet. So to be able to reverse course and get back to an orange or a yellow, I'm having some I have some doubts about their ability to do that. But it's a goal to work toward, and that will be okay. Governor Bashir is asking houses of worship to stop indoor services for the next few weeks. He says the virus is spreading so fast right now, and I think that we have at least 35 examples in the last six weeks of spread in and around a house of worship, not just worship services, but potlucks and others. My recommendation to them, which was the Kentucky Council of Churches that he spoke to, was to do virtual-only services through the same period that we are asking other people to certainly change the way they're doing things. So he knows. You know, he he ordered back in March and April and said uh, no in-person worship. And that decision was struck down. And he knows that he can't go that far. But it doesn't mean that he can't plead with leaders, of, with congregations, with uh, boards, with elders and deacons, with pastors, with ministers, with clergy to say, I need your help in letting people uh, worship remotely for the next three to four weeks. And if we can do it for three to four weeks, maybe we're able to worship in person for Christmas. And so he's sort of treating everything more broadly. He's not pointing out churches, but he is saying churches are included in these groups that really don't need to be gathering if I can get your help on that. And maybe it will be heard a little bit differently. I think I think people, I think church leadership are more likely to say, you know, it's probably practical that we do this rather than being mandated and told that they have to do something. And I think that's where it's a little bit different. So I'm going to circle back to church in just a minute on, on maybe how to approach that. The Grayson County Health Department, I uh, think, uh, Sam, you talked with them last hour. Yeah, talked with Jenny N- new Cummings. New numbers. New numbers, 31 new cases in Grayson County since Tuesday, so that's 74 over the past week. We did have one new death since Tuesday, though, so there have been three deaths this week, so we now have 23 deaths in Grayson County. I have been asking the question, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, I've been asking, where are these cases? Where are, the, where are these cases coming from? Uh, I, again, as I've also said, I, I live in a pretty closed circuit. You know, my routines and habits don't really change much. I've been going to the same places since March and just continuing that process and trying to stay out of places that I don't need to be, uh, wearing a mask when I have to, limiting access to our building, et cetera. And I said, where are these cases coming from? Can anyone really answer that? And Grayson County's health department has issued some contact tracing information and says that the most frequent causes that they're able to identify are extended family and friends. Then the second most common is the workplace. The third most frequent cause is church and church-related activities. After church, it's health care, like uh, frontline workers, etc. And then school and sports 
our fifth and sixth, but a large number of undetermined. You know, a lot of people they're not able to say, well, I'm not. They're not able to trace it to a definitive, to a definitive source. So, here's where I would like to. I, I would. I guess it's it's a request. You certainly don't have to listen to me any more than you listen to um, the governor or anyone else for that matter. And if, if you've if you've not yet seen, if you still believe this is fake. If you still believe this is not real, there's going to be very little that I could say or do that's probably going to change your opinion. Uh, because I think you've doubled and tripled and quadrupled down so much so many times that the ability to listen to reason and logic, we, we passed that milestone long ago. But what I am going to do is I'm going to ask you if if you are attending a congregation of believers in Christ and that congregation is not distancing or wearing masks, I beg of you to do something different. I'm not saying don't go and I'm not saying don't worship, but I am telling you that if you are going to a house of worship without a mask or without distancing from your fellow congregants, you you are you are taking a huge chance on the spread of this and that's something that can easily be remedied you know it 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 will not change your spirit it will not change it will not change your presence it will not change your attendance record it will but i know there are houses of worship within grayson county that are not following any of the cdc guidelines and i beg you please do something do something different it will have a huge impact on slowing the spread of this of this virus. And so church leaders have important decisions to make in the next three to four weeks and being asked to say, and you're going to find congregations like ours that may not do anything different because we've been following all of the, like wearing masks and distancing, not having a choir, not singing out loud, um, uh, communion that is prepackaged, et cetera, you'll find churches that say, we, we may be mitigating the risk as much as is really possible without having to do anything different. But then there are those congregations that have gotten either lax or chosen to ignore what the request or the advice was, and that's where the real, that's where the real danger is. Now, Grayson County Superintendent, uh, Superintendent Doug Robinson is explaining and talking about students transitioning back to virtual learning and kind of encouraging students and parents how to do that and uh, what that looks like about middle and high schools and how long they'll be and what elementary school ambitions might be, et cetera. And I, I, I would just, in the same way we talk about churches, I would say this, please don't let your students come home from school and then just go run at the store or go to sleepovers and pizza parties. And and if you're going to do those things, then they have to wear masks. And so it doesn't mean because you get out of one thing that you're free to do another thing. It takes everyone with an oar rowing in the same direction to change the numbers and the trajectory that we are experiencing here in Kentucky and really nationally. 
you you can like Dr. Fauci or you can not like Dr. Fauci, but he had a very good analogy day before yesterday that if you are fighting, like in, in the Old West, if you're having a, a fight, and I think he used maybe the – the cowboys and it's not an it's not uh, the, the term Indians <laughs> like the old movies that we see is that when you're waiting for the cavalry to come like that was that was the climax of these old western movies the cavalry was on the way to save you you don't stop shooting when you're in a battle but even though you know the cavalry is on the way and so that's what he's saying is keep doing the things you're doing while the vaccines get populated out to the areas that they need to be. And I saw this morning that maybe Moderna might have 20 million doses of the vaccine in people, or at least distributed, by the end of December. And that's a large number. I mean, 20 20 million is a... Is a significant number. How long it keeps, how long it takes to get people to get it in people's arms? I don't know. You made the point about Dolly doing, but you didn't realize that Moderna is ninety five percent, so it's nine to five. <laughs> that is right. Vaccine, 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 yes. and, it's and it's working nine to ninety five. Exactly working ninety five. Uh, also, want to you can read about it online. Scams during the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic are up by 8,000% compared to previous years. People trying to lure those who might be looking for work. They might be posing as job recruiters or uh, other people. So uh, LaDonna uh, Kobles, the executive director of the Attorney General's Office of Senior Protection and Mediation, she looks out for not only seniors, but also people, a lot of people working from home or unemployed. It's They become uh, prey, you know, predators looking. Generally, they'll ask for money to buy recruitment materials or training guides or things like that. So just be careful. Uh, about that. And a, a firearm theft investigation has led to the arrest of an Elizabethtown man for strangling his girlfriend. Uh, earlier this week, E-Town police arrived at Hawkins Drive, uh, on a Hawkins Drive residence where the occupants reported firearms had been stolen from the home. While police were in the area, officers heard screams coming from a nearby mobile home park. Uh, at the mobile home park, they found a woman with red marks on her neck, curled up on her back, crying. The victim's voice was hoarse, and she had trouble speaking. When questioned by police, 21-year-old, this is the suspect, 21-year-old Kelly Davidson said, I just choked her after becoming mad at the victim for something that she said. You know, there have been two times this week that my brand of justice, I think, would would apply. You know, we had a really nasty story about some guy earlier this week in Elizabethtown, the way he treated a young boy because – he didn't like the way he behaved, and so I think that he this maybe this guy should get choked. Right? You want to choke somebody else? All right, your punishment is to get choked, and see how that uh, see how that works out. A Kentucky man has been accused of illegally killing a trophy deer on private property in the state, and then lying about where it happened. Conservation officers began investigating the killing earlier this month after receiving a photo of the dead animal that had been circulating online. This is according to. The Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife. The officers met with Robert Cook. Authorities say Cook told them he shot the buck on private property in Kenton County after getting permission to hunt there, but the landowner told officers that no one had permission to hunt on the property. So apparently there's a telecheck system that uh, hunters have to use to report their harvest. And so through an investigation of that and meeting with him, the uh, he has been charged with um, 
improperly reporting the harvest, hunting on private property without permission, and uh, illegally killing the deer. But then also they found marijuana and drug paraphernalia, and so he could face additional charges. Da, da, da. Okay, so uh, there's a little bit of setup that I have to do for this next story, which would ordinarily be a quick one. But, Miss um, Buckles, I assume you don't know the name Ja Morant, correct? <laughs> no. Don't know that name. All no. right, so a couple of years ago at Murray State University, probably one of the best college basketball players in the state of Kentucky that year was Ja Morant. Oh, when, yeah, he when, definitely was the yeah, best player in the was state the best, of Kentucky. Was the yeah, best player. For and sure. He went on to the NBA where he became – uh, he is playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. So he went from Murray, Kentucky, and then he went, and now he's in the NBA in Memphis. So Ja, his first name is J.A. Morant, right? Great, great young man, great, great talent. The Memphis Zoo has announced that they have named their new giraffe. Now, I know you love giraffes, and I know you I love pictures love of giraffes. So Memphis, because they love their hometown team, have named their new giraffe Jaraf for Ja Morant. So I like it. they love the Grizzlies love team. They love Ja Morant, and so it's creative. Jaraf is the name of the I new giraffe at the Memphis Zoo. So good for them. Great job. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is International Stand Up to Bullying Day. Like that? So do I. It is Name Your PC Day. I've never <laughs> named my PCs. Well, that's not I, true. I've, I've called it names before, but probably none that I can share. <laughs> that's not true. All of the PCs in the building are named. Yeah. Yes. So I don't. A lot of people don't know, but I used to uh, name PCs in the building. Based upon just locations, we had Chicago, we had Miami, we had Maui, we have, we have all. I mean, it's just it 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 made sense because when people didn't understand networking, it was like, well, you need to travel this data over to Chicago and drop it off. Yeah, I've yeah. named my laptops. So. We had servers that Zeus, Thor, and Venus. When we had mail servers and web servers in the building. So I first said I don't name PCs. I'm like, yes, apparently I, I do. Yeah, you do. Uh, it's peanut butter fudge day Ooh. today. You'd like that. It is absurdity day today. So a chance to put your hair in pigtails or wear your shirt like you like or um, wear loud clothing or whatever. Just you don't want to do something that requires bail money. So, not too absurd. <laughs> tomorrow is Pumpkin Pie Day, National Stuffing Day tomorrow. It's also World Hello Day tomorrow. And then Sunday is Cranberry Relish Day today. So, for those of you that are interested. Sam, uh, are you a little bit rusty, you think? Do you still know how to call a uh, high school football game tonight? You're going to get your chance. Yeah, I think I do. I mean, uh, we're ready. It, it's kind of been one of those things that... We thought we were going to have one, and then nope, it's not going to happen, and then maybe is it going to be this, and then no, it's not, and it just kind of was one thing after another, and then we thought we were going to play last Friday, and that didn't happen, so now, I mean, as of right now, we're, we're still planning on playing tonight at 7 o'clock in Mayfield. Mayfield, maybe. at 7 o'clock. May, 
I hope so. I hope so. But uh, as we've learned this year, we we can never be too confident. I think we should have known before now if it wasn't I would going to so. happen. But I yes, so. I, I suppose uh, you know, we're always just a positive test away from things changing or something happening, or who knows, the bus may get a flat tire. You just don't know. You don't know what <laughs> might happen. Uh, so Graves County, though, made uh, this is the second meeting this season between these two teams. Uh, Grayson County traveled to Graves County already once this season, and it was completely lopsided. Was that the first shutout of the year for the Cougars? They were shut out twice this year, and then against Owensboro as well. Okay, so, yes. but that was the first one, Correct. though. And 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 I think I remember at the beginning of the year I asked you, how will we be able to measure if this season if this season is successful? And you mentioned there was a stretch. Uh, Ohio County, Graves County, uh, Owensboro. Owensboro. You had to go through those, and if you could get two out of three of those, then you would say, well, successful. Because you'd be hosting a home playoff game then. That, that's right. But they only got one out of three of those. Uh, the, Gra- the Graves County game wasn't even really competitive, but I think the takeaway from the previous matchup was Grayson County just didn't play very well for maybe the first time in the season. No. Uh, in fact, Graves County's coach was saying on their coach's show earlier this week, he said that was the best game, offense and defense, that they played the entire season. And he said... I think that was the worst game Grayson County has played all season, and I think Brian Jones would probably say the same thing. It just was, it was ugly. There, there's got, no other way to describe it. Well, they got punched in the mouth for the first time, and, and you know I remember leading into that game, there was a lot of accolades going on, and how many yards they were putting up, and how few points they were allowing, and I think maybe they started to read some of their own accolades, and then they got into a, and they got into a real war, and went, oh wait. This is harder than I thought. And I really do say that that game, if you go back to early in the second quarter, it was 3 to nothing Graves County, and Grayson County had it fourth down and one inside the five-yard line, and Graves County stopped them. I really do think that if they would have picked up that first down and scored a touchdown, would they have won? Probably, maybe not. You know, I think Graves, it was their night. They played really well, but 7-3 to three is a whole lot different than 3 to nothing, especially after getting all of that momentum and it shifted into Graves County, and they did not let it up at all. This is the – I was surprised to learn this tonight will be the fifth matchup. So you've got four previous meetings between these two. And in my mind, I don't know why I had allowed myself to think that Grayson County-Graves County matchups are always competitive because they're, they're not. Uh, two of the previous meetings between these two have been lopsided in Graves County's way. Uh, one of them was competitive, and then Grayson County was pretty convincing, I guess, in their first meeting. But Grace, uh, Graves County has had the edge on Grayson County in their previous four meetings. So in the two of the meetings were blowouts in Graves County's way. Mm-hmm. One of them was a blowout in Grayson County's way, and one of them was played in a monsoon, and Graves County kind of eked it out. So I, I don't 21 know. 21 to 10. 21 to 10. Final, so I think you take like that, that and you throw that one, throw that one away. Yeah. Graves County's coach said it on their coach's show, and I completely agree with him. He does not think that they are 45 points better than Grayson County. Nor do I. No, I, yeah. I don't not. That, that shocked me when, when that happened, but I think it was just one of those things that one thing after another, and the wheels completely fell off, and Graves County scored a touchdown on a play with one second left in the first half. It was just kind of one of those things that everything that could have gone right went right in Graves County's way, and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in Grayson County's way, and that's what's led you to the 45 to nothing score. I know you will talk to Coach Jones later and kind of get a better feel of uh, what the week has been like, what preparations have been like, but ahead of that, do you have any sense of how they've been able to prepare? You know, they've been transitioning back to 
uh, NTI or, or distant learning in some way. And the recommendation is, hey, stay away from one another. But how do you practice and prepare for a playoff game in those types of conditions? Do you have your finger on the pulse of what's been happening? They've been practicing like normal this week, last week, and I think a little bit the week before that as well. Um, well, I don't know. I can't even keep up with weeks. But they have had two full weeks of practice for this game that's coming up tonight. So they've gotten back into the swing. They just, I mean, the big glaring thing is they haven't played a game since October the 23rd. Yeah. At the same time, though, Graves hasn't played a game since October the 30th. So both teams are coming in rusty, and that, I mean, that can mean anything. I mean, you never know what that could mean on both sides. Sure. And you also don't know, you know, um, about people being ruled by emotion. You got high school kids and their world is obviously in transition and not sure what's going to happen. Uh, you got kids that are involved in winter sports that now their schedule's being moved around. And so you just don't, you know, you just, you have no, you could flip a coin basically and uh, know what you're going to get. Now, I kind of want to use that as a jumping, uh, jumping point over to the KHSAA meeting earlier this week. Are you surprised? So let me, for those that don't know, let's just go ahead and say the KHSA decided to shove basketball season back to at least January the 4th. So we know that's, that's uh, on the horizon. Are you surprised then with that decision that they are still pursuing a high school football playoff series that will last three to four weeks? No. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. First one is the, the stark difference, obviously, is football's outside, basketball's inside. That's that's a big difference. That obviously that the there's more room to spread out at a football field, so fans can come, and so on. Unless you're um, an offensive lineman. Now that is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, the the second one it, it is playoffs. I mean, I think that that does. And then there's the third one that uh, you know um, you can show it here in the in, in the camera. Mm-hmm. There, there's this thing called money, and the KHSA needs it, and they need playoffs to make money. Uh, the championships generate the championship. Let's just be clear: the championships generate money for the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. The regular seasons do not. And the big one that they lost last year was the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, the Sweet Sixteen pays for everything for them. That's the biggest event of the year, and they lost that completely. They got in what four games, maybe Girl, uh, girls' yeah, games, which girls isn't games. the same revenue yes. producer but that the still, boys' tournament and, is. And, they need to figure out ways to make up that revenue. And I know we believe that, but let me ask you, Sam. Uh, and, and you, I don't, I don't think that you possibly know this, but has anyone ever asked if the KHSAA has business interruption insurance? You know, a lot of businesses and entities do. So we we look back and think, oh well, the KHSAA is operating without the revenue from these championships. Are they really? Well, no, Julian Tackett, he had said that they got a PPP loan and all of that, that a lot of businesses got. Uh, but you were looking at their – they listed during their meeting their revenue section, and they spent all the time talking about how much money they're making and so on. But, I mean, they did lose a lot of money when it comes to that. I think it would be – their big worry would be if they would lose this year's Sweet 16 as well. That sure. would be – devastating i think to them. It would be further compounded Correct. because it's a pretty big organization but it's an interesting organization in the sense as well that it really operates autonomously from scrutiny 
I mean, it's a membership organization that the member schools in the state of Kentucky participate in and agree. It's a little like and the NCAA pay money to, yeah. and pay money to and, and share revenues with, et cetera. But really, there's not anyone that you know, who's their boss. The only way you because the they're o- a quasi governmental agency. That's right, and which so means they receive no tax revenue, they're, but they're not controlled by the legislature. They're they're a offshoot of the Kentucky Department of Education. So if there's one person that could, it's kind of that. But at the same time, but wait a they, minute though, that tether though that exists like, between those two is very they're like thin. second cousins twice removed kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's so, exactly that's exactly they're, right. they're related, but they're they're really not. All right, so uh, get to see the game tonight. Yes, seven or six thirty pregame, seven o'clock K one hundred five K one hundred five digital productions as well. You'll be able to watch it. Hopefully, it uh, doesn't go as bad as our past two trips to Mayfield. Yeah, uh, Louisville and Syracuse play tonight. So when the Cougars run up the score on Graves County, and you get tired of, like President Trump says, when you get tired of winning, you can flip over to the U of L game, which will be on ESPN, and hopefully uh, they'll be winning as well. Uh, I would like to also hope that the UK Wildcats would win tomorrow at Tuscaloosa, but I won't be holding my breath for that, but I'm optimistic and always... If you have no expectations, you can't be disappointed. That's right. Always oh, always go Cats. Good. Uh, and finally, this segment, I, I think this is a good question for all of us to ask, maybe not each other, but ask ourselves internally. Are you a good person or are you a bad person? I'd like to think I'm a good person. The internet has decided there is a way to determine if you're a good person or a bad person. And it has to do with a shopping cart. Oh. If you put your shopping cart in the designated shopping cart collection area in the parking lot, you're good. I do. Yes. I do. Yes. If you leave it to drift off into parking spots. Or into other cars. You're bad. That's right. So I know that it sounds simplistic. But it is not simplistic because your choices you make about your abandoned shopping cart impact many people that you may not realize. First, it impacts the worker at the store. Yeah, who's got to go? Who has to go collect those. them? And mm-hmm. there are people who are uh, responsible for going and retrieving them from the cart corral that we're supposed to return them to, but and then they drive them back into the store. It also impacts the number of people who the, the next generation of shoppers who are coming in. If you, it impacts people like Sam, who got a door ding. I did. Yeah. Is it from a shopping, shopping I, cart? I don't know. Do you know? But I'm, I, mm. Most likely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, saw, I saw it yesterday. And yeah, I it's, thought, been there, it's been there for a while. Yeah. Well, you don't, typically don't park to my left. Was I parked? Oh, I was. Yes. yes, yes so correct. I saw. I was like, "Ooh, Sam's got a bad door ding there." Yes, I know. I noticed that, and it was kind of. And my my dad, he noticed it right away too. And I was yep. like, "I know, I know." It drives me nuts. Yes, it's because people are being inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. They either parked too close, or they swing the door open, or mm-hmm. whatever. But anyway, we're talking about shopping carts. All right. Um, so, what you do with your shopping cart? So, like at Olson's Mercantile, there's not a cart corral. I take my shopping cart all the way back in the store. So do I. If I need every one. time, it's not like it's far. It, no, it's right. it's not it's not very far. Um, there are people who there are people who are older and not as mobile, and it may be harder for them to get their cart 
across the parking lot to the cart corral. But guess what? That's when people like us come along and say, can I get your cart for you? Or I'm taking my cart back to the cart corral. Can I get your cart while I'm going there? Put them together. Put them together. They're easily rolled. So it is interesting socially how something so simple kind of helps you decide whether you're a giver or a taker in the world. You know? I really believe it tells a lot yes. about a person. Something as simple as a shopping cart can tell you a whole lot. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know the game Yahtzee got its name because it was invented by a couple on their yacht? I had no idea. I actually want to say I have heard that before. So it was kind of, uh, I mean, it it makes sense. So they, they changed the spelling of it a little bit. They pulled the C out of it. The game Yahtzee is just Y-A-H-T-Z-E-E. Didn't Mark Stoops invent that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do a very uh, they do enjoy the game Yahtzee in Lexington when they get a when they get a, a prize recruit. And we talked about playing Yahtzee back in the earlier in the fall, but we never got around to playing it. I'm not even <laughs> sure I can tell you immediately. Is it a dice game? Yeah. Yes. I know that. I couldn't yes. tell you how you get it. <clears throat> is it when all of them match that it's so- a Yahtzee? It's very similar to like Full House, um, <clears throat> uh, Three of a Kind, Four of a Kind. Okay. It, it's all the dice roll. Yeah, I've I played, played but I've forgotten of it. Yeah. Oh, and you've got to check. Uh, you got to yes. get a certain number. So you have a card you, uh, similar you. to like a bingo card. So it's but elements of bingo yes. and dice. You got to do and, math. And that's yeah, which is where I really Ooh, struggled. I was told there would be no math. Yes. Uh, Julianne and Derek Huff will host ABC's wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration. I um, I think they'll do a fine job. I got to tell you, they were they had two different numbers back in May in the Disney Family Sing Along that they did during the pandemic was singing along with the Disney classics. And they did the choreography and the video to a couple of Disney classics. Uh, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious was one of them. And the level of production that they put into it was just amazing. And of course, you know, being on Dancing with the Stars, obviously they're great dancers, but I was floored. I was just, I was watching it with the fam because that's what it's designed to do is watch and sing along. And I was watching Julianne Huff, Derek and Julianne Huff, and I was like, wow, yeah, I am they super did a great job. impressed with that. So they will be, um, they will host the event on Thanksgiving, November 26th, kicking off the night with a glittering new holiday performance. And uh, I believe Trevor Jackson will be hosting from the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. And by the way, I just heard today, park hopping is returning to Walt Disney World January 1st. So there's been no park hopping since they reopened. That doesn't really mean anything to us today. but Not today. It's a sign of things that are more like normal, (laughs) so that's good. Speaking of Disney... The uh, most recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie, 2017's Dead Men Tell No Tales, made nearly $800 million at the box office, but that was a big drop from the billion-dollar grossing film that was right before it, which was Stranger Tides, and so now they're getting ready. Disney is going to make at least two more pirate movies, and 
Um, one of them is going to be a girl power based starring Margot Robbie. Now I have not, I became a big Margot Robbie fan this year. Thanks to Quentin Tarantino's once upon a time in Hollywood. I don't particularly like Quentin Tarantino, but I watched this movie has Leonardo DiCaprio and it had Brad Pitt in it. And then she is one of the characters in, and uh, the movie, I like the movie so much and her performance in it that I'm all of a sudden a Margot Robbie fan. So I will be excited to see Margot Robbie meets Disney meets Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. She's thank really you. pretty. Yes. Sign me up. Thank you very much. It'll be weird not to have Johnny Depp. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Sparrow, you it's Captain Jack. It's Captain Jack Sparrow. Sam. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, forget. I'm sorry. Captain Jack. It's not just Jack Sparrow. Uh Taylor Swift has switched it up. So if you're watching with us, Taylor Swift now has bangs again. Ugh. And her fans think that this is an Easter egg. So if you've been following entertainment news, you'll realize that Taylor Swift's masters were sold yet again. Scooter Braun sold her masters to another company for, I don't know, $300 million or something. She can't get her hands on her masters. So she has decided to go re-record all of her older albums. And so her fans think that this is an Easter egg, that she's re-recording her Red album from 2012 because she's got the same exact hairstyle that she had in 2012. I just can't. <laughs> no, you're still you're still out I, I, on Taylor I'm Swift. Sorry. I, I cannot stand her. I have no no strong opinion towards her. So <laughs> I, 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 she's she's fine. I mean, right. I don't dislike. I, I don't. And I am super excited about the made for TV golf special: Tiger Woods and his son Charlie taking on John Daly and his son. This will be an epic matchup. I had no idea this was even happening. No, but I love this idea so much. (laughs) I saw a snippet of this earlier. This is going to be so good. (laughs) Made for TV. It's going to be awesome. And I don't even know for sure when it's going to... Oh, December 17th through 20th. Oh, multiple days. Yeah. So part of the championship, uh, PNC championship in Orlando. So yes, I will be tuned in to watch that. Go Team Woods. (laughs) Got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the week here on In the Know. And a love world to rise above it all. I'm grateful for the star. Made me appreciate the sun. I'm grateful for the rewards. Made me appreciate the rewards. I'm grateful for the pain. MB's point to ponder for today. Uh, am I the only one? Maybe many people don't realize. Transportation cabinet changed the lighting fixtures at the byway at South Main Street recently to the new, the borders with the reflective yellow around the outside of the traffic lights. Maybe you've not noticed. I've never been, I couldn't tell you last time I was through there at night. Uh, you don't have to see it at night. It's daytime, oh. so it's reflective. So a lot of the new light lighting fixtures at traffic patterns are bordered in yellow caution, and then the traffic signal is inside that frame. So imagine the yellow I've, is I've like s- a picture frame. I've seen those before. Okay. All right, so yeah. they're, they're new at South Main at the Byway. But this time of year, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm old. The way the sun shines at that time, time of day is on the reflective of the light 
at the angle that the yellow is so bright, I can't see the yellow light. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm, I'm saying? Following. The yeah. reflection of the frame is so bright and yellow, I'm having trouble that time of like at 7.30 in the morning because of the angle of the sun, seeing what color the traffic light actually is. Is it green? Is it red? Is it yellow? There's a whole lot of yellow. I'm just asking well, if I'm the only one. Yellow means green, right? Y- yellow means hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> Yellow means your window you got, is closing. You got the one car rule in front of you. If the car in front of you goes, you're going too. That's, that's what we. That's. Well, if it's a truck, if it's a truck, and you say I couldn't see the light, the truck was in my yep. windshield. I I couldn't see. Even it. if it's a smart car. But anyway, I, but I do like the upgrade. And by the way, the turn lane is now caution turn lane. So if you miss your opportunity to turn, so they're changing out a lot of the traffic signals in Kentucky where if you miss, you don't have to rely upon the protected turn arrow green to turn to the left, it will caution and say if you're so, if nothing's coming the other direction, you're prote- you know, you're it's no longer a protected left, but you can still turn left. So like going from the byway to Clarkson. Yes, that byway the uh, byway at 62 is that way, but now okay. South Main at the byway okay. is also that way. Okay. So I, I appreciate Good to know. my point is I was not I was not complaining. I love that I love the uh, the upgrades that they're making, but I have a hard time seeing what color the light is if you're northbound at 7:30 in the morning. Do we need to call Chris Jesse and let him know? I'll take care of it. Uh, <laughs> I need to shimmy up there with some sandpaper and dull down the yellow reflective. Those things are big. Can we turn that shine down just a little bit? Have you ever seen one of those on the ground? A traffic light? They're huge. Mm-hmm. They're a lot bigger than you would You would. So are coconuts. Think. Yes. Up in the tree, coconuts look small. And they hit the ground like, wow, it's a big coconut. Uh, on television tonight, I'm running out of time. I need to hurry. But... I don't want Dennis and Sarah Cook to not know what they're watching on Hallmark this weekend. Uh, First tonight, HGTV has Holiday Crafters Gone Wild. First it was the girls, now it's the Holiday Crafters. Four teams of craft aficionados compete to create dazzling, over-the-top Christmas decor for a $10,000 cash prize. That's tonight. That's your warm-up. Tomorrow night on Hallmark, a Nashville Christmas Carol. Oh, uh, this sounds perfect. Uh, I mean, the cooks are very musical. They are. So, Nashville's Music City. A workaholic television producer receives a visit from her recently deceased mentor who warns her that her current path leads to a dark future. A Nashville Christmas Carol on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> uh, Dennis is... Yeah, how how, how Riv- excited is he? Riveting. Sunday evening on the Hallmark Channel, the Christmas House... Working through some difficult decisions, a mother and father summon their two grown sons home for the holidays. The Christmas House on Hallmark, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> no. How great would that be on the Hallmark channel? I, I, now that would get me to watch but, a Hallmark, right? You've, you've got the parents who are working through some difficult decisions, you know, and they say, we need to bring the boys home for Christmas. And they open the front door, and they're staying stepbrothers. Oh, it would be just wonderful. Sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'd watch it. Uh, Today's highlight in history, this date in 2000, lawyers for Al Gore and George W. Bush battled before the Florida Supreme Court. 
1620, Peregrine White was born aboard the Mayflower in Massachusetts Bay. He was the first child born of English parents in present-day New England. In 1947, Britain's future queen, Prince Elizabeth, married Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, at uh, Westminster Abbey. How far are you into season four of The Crown, Miss Buckles? Oh, dear. Well, I've... Mm, I've seen probably three episodes, but okay. I've fallen asleep through all three. All right, so. I've only seen half of the first episode, but I intend okay, to try good. and find it some uh, maybe this weekend. Yeah, it just makes me want to sleep. In 1967, the U.S. Census Bureau's population clock at the Commerce Department ticked past 200 million. In 1985, the first version of Microsoft Windows operating system, Windows 1.0, was released this date in 1985. We've come a long way, baby. Birthdays today, Dick Smothers is 82, Joe Biden is 78, Norman Greenbaum is 78, Judy Woodruff is 74, Joe Walsh is 73, Bo Derrick is 6.4 times 10. So, Bo Derrick, widely known for her iconic role in the movie 10. So, I thought I would do a little, a little math thing for you there. I got that. Jim Brickman is 59 today. Jim Brickman, the first concert that Christy Buckles and I ever went to see. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Joel McHale, born this date in 40, uh, no, not born this date in 49. <laughs> he is 49. Is he really that old? Joel McHale. <sighs> yeah. He's my age, born in 71. Uh, Dirks Bentley is 45 today, and Josh Turner is 43 today. Gone but not forgotten, Edwin Hubble, born this date in 1889. Robert F. Kennedy, born this date in 1925. Richard Dawson, game show host. Uh, the original game show host for Family Feud, but also on Hogan's Heroes, born this date in 1932. He probably died of a kissing disease, for all I know. <laughs> he kissed everybody that came on the show on Family Feud. I don't know if you all remember that. Oh, we'd all, I'd always watch that with my, with my grandma on the Game oh, Show yeah. Network. Memo. We watch all the chart toppers. Go, oh 1952, Hank Williams, number one. Makes me want to eat jambalaya. I do love jambalaya. There are worse things to eat. Oh, yeah. Need to find something else to eat this week that's not turkey, dressing, cranberry, pumpkin, broccoli casserole, rolls. I think I covered macaroni and cheese. Nineteen sixty one, James Darren was number one with Goodbye Cruel World. Never heard this song before. I've heard I think I've heard this. Okay. I yeah. Not one of the better songs from the sixties, according to me. Nineteen seventy was the year. The Partridge Family, number one, with I Think I Love You. And then I would be in really big trouble if I didn't include this chart topper. Well, if she found out that it was a chart topper and I didn't play it. 1988, Bon Jovi was number one with Bad Medicine. You would be in trouble. Leanne Rhymes, How Do I Live, number one in 97. Justin Timberlake, My Love in 06. And five years ago today, the world was going crazy over Hello by Adele. So there you go. 
MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today is that the only person you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. The only person you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beach, I'm MB, and now you're in the know. Powered by Heritage Media of Kentucky, WKHG Litchfield, Kentucky, USA, 104.9 FM, the Twin Lakes Best Mix, K105, your news story.